Uh, it's the greatest service of the year for the church. And I, I mean, you look great. I'm so thankful today that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And there's something about this day for a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you this morning about the resurrection of Jesus. And as you look in 1 Corinthians 15 in just a moment, you're going to understand with me this morning that this entire chapter covers one specific doctrine. There are 58 verses in this chapter. The most extensive treatment in all of Scripture on the most important subject in the Bible, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you look with me at the first few verses of uh, 1 Corinthians 15, you'll see uh, that Paul introduces the fact of the resurrection when he says, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then he was seen of the twelve. After that, he was seen above five hundred people at once, of whom the greater part remain into this present. In other words, they were alive during the writing of this book, but some have died. Some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Well, we might call these first few verses in this great book the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we do believe it is a fact. But I want us to focus on the next few verses. Beginning in verse number 12 through verse number 19, I want you to join me in understanding why this subject is so important. You're going to see with me there are several statements made that are similar, and they say something like this. Five different occasions in the period of about seven verses, Paul makes this statement, if Christ be not risen. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the pivotal piece in all of the gospel. If you see our our little artwork there on our sermon series, you'll notice the gospel. Paul mentions in verse number one, the gospel. But, But notice it says it is the death, the burial. But that third one, that third word, the resurrection, is the pivotal piece of the entire gospel. For our church, this is big time. You see, the football folks have their Super Bowl, and the college basketball folks have their final four next week. But for the Christian, this is Resurrection Sunday. You see, for the Christian, this is the day that we celebrate what our faith is all about. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is it. This is our weekend. And I'm pretty fired up about it if you haven't, uh, you know, got to recognize that. I'm very excited about this day. But yet without fail, without fail, right around this time of the year, you go to the magazine stand and you'll see an article written by some secular magazine trying to take away from this great celebration, from this fact, the resurrection. Magazines and liberal scholars mock and ridicule the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Time magazine uh, recently wrote an article entitled, The Search for Jesus. 
the search for Jesus. By the way, uh, there's not much searching for Jesus. If you want to find him, he's looking for you. He's searching for you. But, but the search for Jesus. There's a seminar that's been touring the country, they said, for several years entitled The Search for the Historical Jesus. And the seminar found all of the nativity descriptions they decided to be inauthentic. Uh, so every single part of the nativity scene the, is inauthentic, no, nothing's real. The only thing that, that might be true is that Jesus had a mother and, and her name was Mary. No miracle, nothing miraculous of any kind. The resurrection. Paul says it like this, if Christ be not risen. The resurrection is, is not authentic to so many. And this seminar touring the country is saying this, it is all a mistake. Newsweek magazine recently wrote an article, and they entitled it this, Rethinking the, the Resurrection. Let's rethink this thing. Hot quotes from that article are this. Over the past five years, scholars have published more than two dozen books and scores of footnotes and articles initiating a fierce debate over the resurrection of Jesus. Various biblical scholars argue that the gospel stories of the empty tomb and Jesus and post-resurrection appearances are fictions devised long after the death to justify his claims of deity. The resurrection is an embarrassment, they say, to the modern mind. They ask this question. Does a Christian have to believe in the bodily resurrection? Is it really that important? We're going to answer that question this morning. Of the dozens of recent books denying the resurrection story, many are written by liberal scholars by, by uh, reconstructing the life of Jesus. What they hope to do is, is to show that the belief in the bodily resurrection is a burden to the Christian faith and deflects attention from the fact that Jesus was just a social reformer. Since the scriptures say that Jesus returned physically from the dead, a Barner research poll found that 30% of born-again Christians do not believe that Jesus came back to physical life after he was crucified. That's terrifying, 30%. Good Ludeman, a visiting professor at Vanderbilt University, says, the resurrection is an empty formula that must be rejected by anyone holding a scientific worldview. In his latest book, What Really Happened to Jesus? Ludeman argues that Jesus' body rotted away in the tomb. The vision that Paul had was just a the vision of a grief-stricken man that was just guilty about what he had done. John Dominique Crossan, a prolific, a prolific biblical scholar at DePaul University in Chicago, says, the tomb of Jesus was indeed empty. The reason? His body had already been devoured by wild dogs. This that I just read you is what fills the newsstands and secular colleges, university classrooms, about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Anti-supernatural, pseudo-intellectual type lingo. So here's the question this morning. Is it right? Is it right? I draw your attention back to our message. And we say this morning that you cannot be a follower of Jesus Christ and not believe in his physical rising from the dead. And so with that said, I want to give you these five facts. These are all very specific, as you will see for yourself. 
five specific facts regarding the resurrection of Jesus Christ written by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 to the Corinthian church who, by the way, at this time, Paul was addressing a church that had been heavily influenced by Greek philosophy and Greek philosophy was heavily influenced by Plato and Plato believed that the physical world as we know it and everything in it, like our bodies and the trees and the earth, were all evil. All of it was evil. And so this thought of rising from the dead, a physical body coming back together and rising and being somewhat glorified and being in heaven, this physical rising from the dead sort of made them sick, turned their stomachs because of what they had come to believe. And so Paul addressed this doctrine that they were developing, saying there was no resurrection of the body. So notice, if you would please, the very first thing that Paul addresses is this. Number one, Paul says that if Christ is not risen... Look at verse 12 and 13 and 14. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, if Christ preaches this, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain and your faith is in vain. Number one, Paul says, if Christ is not risen, then my preaching is empty and your faith is empty. I think about that word vain. That word vain means empty, futile, worthless. Uh, That that means that, that here is a faith that is useless. If Christ is not risen, then what I'm doing right now is a colossal waste of time. Total waste of time. It's, that's, what, that's what Paul wants them to know. If Christ is not risen, then there is nothing to talk about. There's no reason for us to gather. There's nothing more to say. What would I preach if I didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? What would I say to you this morning? Well, I was reading a book this week, and it was really good. And I'd like to take just a few moments and reflect back to some of the thoughts in that book that I read. Next week, we'd have 10 or 15 people here, and I would probably say something like this. There's a little article that I read about horizontal goodness. And it's such a blessing, and I want to share some of these thoughts with you about these good things so we can live better lives in the social area that we live in. What a boring service. I don't know about you, but I'd rather stay home and watch sports if that's all I've got to say. Social reform. That's all we'd be able to preach. Paul is right. Preaching that does not include the resurrection of Jesus Christ is worthless. It's worthless. But wait a minute. It's not just my thing. It's not just preaching. It's your thing. Faith. Before you say, well, poor Brother Eric's out of a job. Hey, you're out of a lot too because your faith is in vain. Everything that you believe is in vain. If Christ is not risen, we have nothing to believe. Everything hangs On this, Jesus would be a liar if he's not risen. The Bible would be a joke. The whole thing falls on the resurrection. If Christ is not risen, let's send the people home. Let's lay lay off all the staff. Let's lock up the doors. These songs are a joke. Let's never do this again. If Christ is not risen. But the reason why we are all here is because Christ is risen he's risen number two i want you to notice with me if you would the fact that paul says if christ is not risen that all ministers of christ throughout all ages of time are liars all of them 
Every single one of them. Look, if you would, at verse number 15. See if you see with me what it says. Verse 15 says, Yea, and we, Paul says, we, guys like me, we're found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. So here I am, standing before you today, a liar. If Christ is not risen, it started with the disciples. They're all liars. I mean, if Christ is not risen, risen, then the disciples who were grief-stricken after his death and followed him for those three years must have gotten together maybe around a campfire. And can you imagine one of them speaking up and said, Good night, this is a joke. We followed him for three years for this? I mean, this is terrible. I can see one of them speaking up, Hey, I got an idea. And the other said, Hey, what is it? Let's go down to the tomb. And let's steal the body. And let's hide it. And then let's lie about it. And just keep lying. And, and, then, and then, can you imagine doing these miracles and having to, to say that it had nothing to do with, with, with Jesus and the power of his resurrection? Because that didn't happen. And so now for 2,000 years, the lie continues. And here I am, up here this morning, preaching the lie. If Christ be not risen, then every minister of the gospel throughout all ages of time are liars you know when i was a teenager i used to say this i don't think so i don't think so number three if christ is not risen then forgiveness of sin is an impossibility look at it Romans 3.23 tells us that we're all sinners, right? We know that. Look at it. Romans 3.23. We recognize this fact. For all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's us on that screen right now. Do you see that? Just put your name there. For Eric has sinned. I'll put my name there first in case anybody's kind of doubting whether or not they really want to be the first to speak up. For Tony has sinned. For Sonia has sinned, for Lydia has sinned, and fallen short of the glory. We're all there? That's me. That's my verse. I'm a sinner. So what do I need? I need forgiveness. I'm carrying the weight of my sin on my shoulders. I've got a sin problem. I've, 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 I've committed sin. I've done wrong. I, I, I admit I'm guilty. Look what it says in verse 16 and 17. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised... Your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. So I guess we can just take that down, right? We've got to take that down and we've got to nail it right here. You just all of us walk around with a big nail in our chest with my sin because we all today, if Christ is not risen, then that sermon illustration four weeks ago was a joke. Every emotion you felt, all the adoration you gave to Jesus, every life change in the building that Sunday was false. Because if Christ is not risen, then it is impossible to have your sins forgiven. Isaiah 53, 6 was quoted a moment ago by Sonia. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and thank God the Lord hath laid on him I'm taking that nail back out. Hey, the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Every one of us today can be forgiven. That's why we don't have to carry the weight of our sin any longer. 
the guilt of our sin. We're free. And God loves us. God saved us. When he sees us, he sees his son. We're perfect in his eyes. It's almost overwhelming. That's why the resurrection is the pivotal piece of the gospel. Number four, look at verse 18. Then they also, which are fallen asleep, often scripture will define death with those words, fallen asleep. So those who are dead in Christ are perished. I have written down next to the word perished, suffering in hell. Because that's exactly what it means. If Christ is not risen, then everyone who has ever lived is perishing in hell. If Christ be not risen, hell is as real a place as heaven is. There are people there just like there are people in heaven. So according to this, if Christ be not risen, everyone is there. Everyone. Every person who has ever lived is there. Every apostle in the Bible is in hell. Jesus' mother Mary is burning in hell. Every man or woman who trusted Jesus as his Savior is in hell. That means if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you're just living a little bit longer till you die and go to hell if Christ is not risen. Every family member of ours who has died and gone off into eternity is in hell if Christ be not risen. Every great Christian leader, including Billy Graham at age 95, who's still alive, but when he dies, he'll go to hell if Christ be not risen risen. Isn't that what it says? Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Do you really believe that all those people are there? I don't think so. I don't think so. Number five. If Christ is not risen, all Christians still alive today are pathetic. That's right. That's putting it lightly. But look at verse number 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, if all we have is religion with no eternal reality, just religion, we just got this exterior, this form of religion, no power, no power, denying the power thereof, we have no, because the power comes in the resurrection. That's where the power comes. We have no, no resurrection, so no power, so all we have is just Christ who didn't rise from the dead. It's all we got. And here's what the Bible says we are. We are, of all men, most miserable. That word miserable means pathetic. Let me take it a step further, because we tell our kids sometimes not to say this, but I'll tell you what it means. Stupid. It's what we are. If Christ is not risen, then we are all pathetic. Every choice to do the right thing is pathetic. Stupid. Every act of kindness. Why mess with it? Every reproach for the name of Christ. Taking a stand for Jesus Christ. Pathetic, miserable. Every song of worship we just sung. King Jesus is alive? Hallelujah, God be praised. He's risen from the dead. My soul cries out. Pathetic. His grace flows down and covers me. What a beautiful song. Pathetic. He tore the veil. He made a way. He didn't. He didn't rise from the dead. That's pathetic. That's, that's a joke. That's a lie. That's stupid. At the cross, you were strong to save. You broke the power of sin in the grave. He didn't rise from the dead. He didn't break anything. He's alive, risen indeed. Oh, praise his name for the mercy tree. What mercy tree? And life is worth the living just because he lives. He doesn't live. Wait a minute. He does live. He lives. He lives. He lives. 
But if he doesn't live, if he did not rise, according to Paul, he tells the Corinthian church, we're of all men pathetic, most miserable if Jesus isn't risen. I don't think so. You see, the pivotal piece of the gospel, the foundation to everything we believe, is the resurrection. It's where it all starts. Everything we believe hinges and stands on that. Our purpose in life. And life is worth a living just because, only because, he lives. That's it. That's the only reason. And then, oh, what about hope? I've got a hope. I had some friends go to heaven this week. I had somebody I love go to heaven. Hey, but they believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They trusted Christ. You know what my hope is? I'll see him again one day. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What else? Oh, listen, my growth in grace. I'm becoming more like Jesus every day. I'm growing. I'm, I'm becoming more like Christ. There's something that's happening in me. It's called sanctification. It's something. It's called the power of Christ that lives in me. And then my faith. Oh, my faith. Everything I believe. Everything I believe. The things I stand on. The things I will not waver on. The things that I stand on like a solid rock. All because of the rest. Victory over sin. Oh, hallelujah for this. I had somebody walk up to me before church today and say, Preacher, one year I've been sober. One year I haven't taken a drink. And it's been one year since I've been coming to church. Victory over sin. All because of the resurrection. We have insurance. My joy. My joy. The joy that says I have something inside of me that cannot be changed. I may, my happiness depends upon circumstances, but my joy depends upon a risen Savior that lives forever and forever. And then, oh, praise His name. Victory over death. Victory over death. Oh, listen, I am going to live forever for the Christian. That word has no power. That sting is gone. The death of, uh, is gone. Satan has been defeated. And we'll live forever and forever. Why? Because he lives. But Paul says, but Paul says, if Christ be not risen, it's not really all that funny except for the box stuck in my foot. Let me tell you something, folks. We just lost it all. We've got nothing. We've got nothing. Wait a minute. Wait, think now. It should be a sober time. I'm not clapping right now because I'm understanding what I just lost. If, if Christ be not risen. Let me give you the five main reasons. Just top five. There's, 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 there's 500. There's 1,000. There's 10 million. Let me give you the top five. Why I believe he did rise from the dead. Number one. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, who rolled the stone? Well, of course, Mary and Mary Magdalene. Yeah, they were buff. Oh, yeah, MMA. Can you imagine? Hey, Mary, ready? Push! A massive stone. A couple of ladies got there first and just pushed it away. Really? 
if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then why did the apostles all die as martyrs? That blows me away. Every one of them gave their life, died, because they believed in a risen Savior. If Christ didn't rise from the dead, then who appeared to Saul, who was a murderer of Christians and then became the great apostle Paul? Wow! I mean, that story in itself is so amazing. And then let me make it personal. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then who changed my life? Who, who, somebody explain, who changed me? Who, hey, I've been saved for almost 40 years. You're not looking at an action. I'm not just preaching like this because I, I just fell for some lie. This has changed my life. I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Who changed me? And then let's bring it down to the audience today. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then who is meeting with us every Sunday morning when we gather here in worship and lives are transformed? Somebody explain the seven or eight people that walked this aisle this, this morning at 9 o'clock and trusted Christ as their Savior. Somebody explain to me the gentleman that walked up and said, Hallelujah, a year ago I gave up booze and hadn't drunk again. Explain that. Who's transforming lives if Christ is not risen? He is risen. And he is alive. And we are not pathetic. We are victorious. So let me just go back and real quickly refute those things. If Christ is not risen, well, if Christ is risen, and he is, then my preaching is not empty and your faith is not empty. Because the Bible says in John 14, uh, John chapter 14, verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. Because in my Father's house there's many mansions. If it weren't so, I told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, and he has gone, to prepare a place for you, then I'll come again and I'll receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. I want to tell you something, folks. That's what I believe. And that's worth believing. And because Christ is risen, because Christ is risen, all ministers of the gospel are not liars. They're telling the truth. Because the Bible says in Colossians 1.28, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. You know why I preach? I preach because I want every man and woman, boy and girl, to be able to stand redeemed and say, I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Stand perfect. And because Christ is risen, forgiveness of sin is possible. In fact, Colossians 1.14 puts it like this. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. And because Christ is risen, everyone who has ever lived is not burning in hell. Because 1 Corinthians 5.8 says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And then Christ is risen And so all Christians still alive today are not pathetic. In fact, Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You're looking, hey, you're looking at someone today who has been given the, the keys. God has allowed you and I to have the key to all this, and that is Jesus. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. Not just his death and not just his burial. The pivotal piece of it all is the resurrection. That's why the celebration. 
That's why the harms raised high. That's why the standing ovations. That's why we sometimes we can't contain ourselves. That's why some dance, some praise, some shout, some jump. Hey, we're talking about victory. We're not dying, folks. We're not going to hell. That is something to be happy about. And yet, though we set aside one day, it's every Sunday. It's every day. But for some reason, we like to make sure we crawl into church on this one day. So I say to every believer here, get a hold of this. Because the resurrecting one is resurrecting me every day. Every day. Every day. So I want to do this. In just a moment, we're going to stand. If there's anybody here today that doesn't know what that resurrecting power is, you know you're a sinner. You you know you're falling short of the glory of God. I've already told you I have. You know that. And today you've come to know this, that Jesus rose from the dead. And you understand why and the difference he can make. And the cross was a place where your sin was taken care of. Your sin was paid for at that cross. You may have walked in this morning and said, that's kind of strange. I don't know what that means, but I guess they use that as an illustration sometime. We did. But you didn't miss it because it's still there. That's your sin. And Jesus died for it. And he wants to save you today. Today. So let's all stand together, shall we? With everyone standing.